Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. This is Rena Jadav, and today we're going to talk about the microbiome and probiotics. As some of you know who've been listening to my podcast for a while, I had severe gut dysbiosis, and that was the cause of my 25 symptoms and 18 months of uh, health transformation. I sort of became a personal expert on my own gut microbiome and my bacterial mess. So I'm always fascinated with experts who have anything to say about the microbiome. And then, of course, I interviewed Naveen Jain. And if you haven't heard that podcast, I highly recommend you do, where, again, we talked a lot about the importance of the microbiome for your health. Uh, Basically, if your gut's happy, your body's happy. Your gut's sad, your body's sad. So I'm so excited that today we're going to talk to Joe Panko who is a probiotics and a microbiome and a nutritional educator, as well as a consultant and a speaker. She's a true expert on probiotics, having written a bunch of books and created an online health resource called powerofprobiotics.com. Her mission is to teach consumers and healthcare professionals about the importance of gastrointestinal health and probiotics. Um, If you haven't picked up her books, I highly recommend you check them out. They include probiotics, how to use them for your advantage, and probiotics for health, of course, published by Simon & Schuster. You can check out our website, Power of Probiotics. Joe, welcome. Thank you, Rena. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's start with, what is a probiotic anyway? Okay, so a probiotic, there's there's actually an official definition that says that it's a live organism that when administered in adequate amounts, confers a health benefit on the host, which basically means you've got a live microbe, and when you take enough of it, it's gonna provide benefits to you. And why are we facing such a challenge these days with just having a happy gut? What's changed? Why do we need probiotics? I think we need probiotics because when you look at how our societies have evolved, um, you can go back thousands of years and there were fermented foods and drinks. And there still are a lot of cultures around the world that regularly indulge in these things. You know, they have their fermented corn masas or their um, cultured, or actually, I guess it's just fermented. They're not adding cultures, but you know, like, camel's milk or goat's milk and yogurts. And these were all part of everybody's diet in the past. Um, But now with all our fast foods and people not growing their own vegetables and buying things that are just sprayed with all kinds of chemicals to kill everything on them, we're not getting any of those live microbes. And um, there's research showing that even the way we're brought into the world has a big impact on how many microbes we have and the kinds of microbes we have in our guts. 
Like for instance, when most kids were born vaginally and they were breastfed, they, they received uh, microbes from their mother while they were in, in utero and then coming through the vaginal canal and then in the breast milk, they received um, prebiotics, which help feed the probiotics, and probiotics in the breast milk. So their, their um, whole gastrointestinal systems were just populated with these good bacteria. And nowadays, with a lot of, um, you know, formula came to be popular, so a lot of women quit breastfeeding and then just the demands of trying to breastfeed and work can be difficult to juggle. And then a lot of C-sections changes the kind of microbes that a baby's exposed to. So there's several things here, but it, it's basically just modernization of a lot of things that have, have um, taken away the benefits that we used to get. Absolutely. You know, so much has changed since just our parents' time. As uh, we were chatting a little bit before we, we hit record, you know, my parents always had some form of uh, yogurt, lussi, pickles in their diet. And it was just part of every meal, even at breakfast. And so when we look at our packaged meals or our frozen meals today, we just don't take in enough. And of course, like you said, you know, a lot more C-sections and, and then of course the, the entire antibiotic deluge. So what can someone do? So first of all, let's talk about what are the, some of the issues that a poor probiotic makeup in the gut can lead to? What do you see as some of the health consequences of not taking probiotics? Okay, I think we, if we step back one step and say, you know, what is taking probiotics? Taking probiotics, when you, there's that official definition that's supposed to protect consumers so that when they buy a product, if it says it has certain probiotics in it, that means they're supposed to be alive and they're supposed to be at the recommended adequate amount and they're supposed to show some kind of health benefits. But there's also that unofficial definition where probiotics can be in all these fermented foods and drinks that we were just talking about. So um, it's not, you know, it's officially they're not probiotics, but when you look at the sources of probiotics, a lot of probiotics on the market have come from fermented cheeses or, or cultured milks or spontaneously fermented vegetables or um, even the environment. So when you, you know, when we're saying take probiotics, we don't necessarily mean you have to take a probiotic supplement. Um, that's where the research would be on the supplements, but taking all these cultured and fermented foods, you will get, and eating some raw produce, you will get some beneficial microbes, whether or not they're officially probiotic ones, you know, is a matter of debate. But anyway, to just, just, just to clarify mm -hmm. that, that you, know, you, don't, you don't have to just take a supplement, although these days and times I recommend for most people that they do. So um, the, why you would want to take one is, goes back to what we said about how diets are devoid of so many um, live microbes. And diets are also, 
lacking so many of the nutrients that are needed to feed these probiotics. So the combination of not getting good nutrition for you or your microbes and not having enough microbes because of the antibiotics, not eating the fermented foods, you know, um, the way you're born, stress levels, um, you know, blood sugar levels. There's so many things that affect it mm -hmm. that I think if people are not constantly replenishing their supply of good microbes, the pathogens are just waiting for, for a, the pathogens or the, the organisms that can cause a disease or sickness. They're just waiting for a chance to gain an upper hand. So if you don't keep replenishing these good bugs, the bad ones can take over. And they do. I am living proof. They just Ooh. take over and they create havoc. I had SIBO and boy, was that a big mess. And it took uh, quite a bit of intense hard work to get my gut back to where it needs to be, where we've got a good set of bugs uh, matching some of the, the bad bugs. And I'll be honest, you know, for those who are listening out there and who are trying to figure out how long it takes for someone with SIBO to heal, there's different numbers out there. I'll share mine. It, from, the, from the moment of diagnosis, and I had the worst type, I had both kinds of SIBO and I had the worst amount. It took close to 15 months. I and, believe it. Yeah. And even now I just had my, I'm continuing to get tested to keep monitoring, right? Mm -hmm. My garden's growing happily inside. And um, we found that actually there was back to a little bit more of dysbiosis. And it's because I was back to my sugar habits. Ah. So, so let's talk about what hurts these good bugs. Oh, so many things in modern life that we have and we do hurt these, these bugs. Um, the first one I mentioned, diet. That is so huge. I mean, when you think about it, the stuff that's not good for you is not going to be good for your good bugs. The stuff that's bad for you, well, the pathogens can take the, they can't use as much of the good stuff as the good bacteria and yeast can, but they sure can use all the sugars and additives and chemicals that we're exposed to. So, um, um, diet is, is a big one. Another one is medications. You know, you think about how many times people reach for some kind of medication. Oh, I have an upset stomach. I'll, I'll just take a antacid. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a headache. I'll take some ibuprofen. Oh, wait, that didn't hit it. Let me take Tylenol on top of that. You know, oh, I have aches and pains. You know, let me take this other medication. I mean, we don't realize that these medications, a lot of them um, have already been studied and have shown to suppress the good probiotics. Um, and mm -hmm. in some cases, they benefit the pathogens. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, medications is a big one. Um, stress, 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 stress. We are all under so much stress. And when you're stressed and your stress hormones, your cortisols are rising, that has a 
more negative effect on your good probiotics than it does on the pathogens. So like I said, the pathogens are just sitting in there and they're just waiting for an opportunity. You know, they're just, they're just chomping at the bit, like, come on, let me get at her. <laughs> and they can sense when you're weak. That's, this is a scary thing. They can sense when your immune system is weak. Because, is that right? Yeah, because say you're sick or you're overstressed. <laughs> and they can communicate together and work together and mount a massive um, offense. So stress is something that I know I, I, I know everybody has to, but I work on a lot because I realize that, you know, it's not just the stress of, oh, I have butterflies because I'm nervous about it, this interview or I'm nervous about meeting somebody. It's the day-to-day -day stresses that add up and um, you, you don't realize what is doing to your body one of the ways it's hurting your body is it's hurting the beneficial bacteria and yeast in your gut. Got it. Got it. Now you talk about the power of probiotics in your book. What is the power of probiotics? Power of probiotics is the, abil the amazing ability of these organisms to whether they're colonizing in us, you know, living in us, or they're just passing through the amazing ability to influence our bodies, like all aspects of our functioning. You know, when we, when we take them in, we eat them or drink them, and they're going through our digestive tract, well, you think, yeah, of course, they, they affect your digestive system. That makes sense, you know, for the, for the ones you're taking internally. Mm -hmm. um, but in your intestines, they also have access to your immune system, to your nervous system, to your endocrine system, which is hormones. And they also can send, have those systems send molecules to all other systems in your body. So when you look at probiotics and you say, how can this probiotic that I'm taking orally, and it's going through my gut, how can that affect my brain function? Right. How can that affect my arthritis? How can exactly. that affect, you know, my, um, like, MS? How can that affect anything? It's because they're communicating with nearly, as far as I know, every aspect, but I'll say nearly every aspect of your body. And I think that is incredibly powerful. It is. It is. And I think that's where if someone who, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't yet heard Naveen Jain's interview with me and Viome, I highly recommend you do because we go, we dive a lot more into details around this concept of um, are the bacteria living in us or are we just a moving, walking, talking bacteria? Because there are trillions of them and there is now proof that they really are controlling and calling the shots. So it's in our best interest to keep them happy and to make sure we've got the good ones. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because if you don't have the good ones, you know, if you don't have the good ones in there producing some of your neurotransmitters that you need and telling your immune system, okay, attack, but now back off, you're going to have the pathogens in there telling, you know, producing all these nasty byproducts and giving you brain fog and giving you irritability 
and making you your immune system be on constant alert, setting you up for autoimmune diseases. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Exactly. So let's talk about what do you recommend? What kind of probiotics do you recommend and how often? Okay, well, that's, that's always a question I get, except you kind of worded it a little differently. I normally get, Joe, what's the best probiotic? And I say, well, it depends. Um, what are, say, the best kind of shoes? People go, well, I don't know. It depends. And I'm like, exactly. It depends. So what probiotic will help you depends on what you're trying to achieve. So the way I look at it is if you're, if you're generally healthy and you're just trying to maintain that health mm -hmm. and you take you know, you're having kombuchas and kefirs and sauerkrauts and kimchis and um, cheeses or whatever, you know, if you can do dairy. If you're having food sources and you're eating raw produce and then you're taking a probiotic supplement, you may not need very much. You may need, I don't know, five, excuse me, five billion, say, CFUs, colony forming units, which means the ones that can actually survive or alive. Um, if you are somebody like you that had the SIBO and you're, you know, you're still skirting on the edge, I mean, you, you know, it's easy to slip back and let the pathogens take over again, then you may need higher doses of multiple strains to keep things under control. So I think a lot what to recommend is First of all, you have to try something, you know, and that is where I, why I created the site because of the website, because I realized that when I was trying to do research on all this, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand how these things work. I didn't know where to start. And so as I started to learn about the microbes, I said, oh, wow. So some of these are more like special forces that go in and they do their job and then they, they leave the body and others go in and they kind of hang out and they protect us. And um, so there's all the different, like the different um, types all have different activities and those different activities benefit us in different ways. So what I recommend depends on what a person's trying to achieve. And there are a lot of, there's, as you know, there's just tons of research out there for all kinds of different conditions. And what I recommend is if you have a certain condition and you're looking to improve that, start with the research. You know, my site, my books have um, the details of what exact strains or what at least the species, if that's in the research, are, are given to know where to start. And is there testing that someone should do to find out where their bacterial makeup is today so they know sort of how much probiotics they need? There's, excuse me, yes, there's lots of testing out there. Uh, as you mentioned, you're still getting tested. A lot of the testing is more for seeing what pathogens you have in, in there, you know, what the balance is. Um, some companies will test for 
well, each company has their, their favorite panel that they test for and all their reasoning behind it. And so I think the best thing to do is to listen to your body. When you are taking a probiotic, say you're taking a 5 billion multi-species, you know, it's a billion of certain different kinds of strains in there. Mm-hmm. And you think, I, I really wanted it to help with my, my bloating, but it's not. Well, maybe that's not the right strength for you. Maybe those aren't the right microbes for you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you need to do something else in addition to just taking the probiotic. So listening to your body, I think, is the best way. And if you, if you start taking a bunch, you know, if you decide, well, I'm just going to jump in this, and you grab a supplement with 50 billion CFUs in it, and you take it, and you get diarrhea, then you say, okay, it's not the probiotics fault per se. My body is not ready for that strength. So let me ease into it. Let me start drinking kefir, kombucha, or having a little, you know, start with a teaspoon of sauerkraut once a day, and then increase that to three teaspoons, and just increase things over time so that you're more gradually changing your microbiome. You're not just slamming it with 50 billion CFUs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so interesting, right? That we need to develop the intelligence to listen to our bodies and to become sensitive, to listen to our bodies, to know when things are going well and when they're not. Can you share a little bit about what someone who's going through an irritable bowel syndrome issues, I mean, IBS is rampant. What do you typically see as an issue? How can a probiotic help versus someone who just has constipation? Yeah, IBS is, like you said, it is rampant. And um, from the research I've done, the problem with IBS is that even though they've divided it into like a diarrhea predominant or a constipation predominant subtypes, there still is a lot of variability in those subtypes. So what... um, yeah, IBS is just so complicated. There, there are so many um, causes, or there can be so many causes that you can't just say, oh, it's a pathogen issue. You know, it could be that um, you had a pathogen issue and you, you did get diarrhea or you did get constipated and now your nerves down there aren't communicating properly. So, you know, probiotics are going to help that in general, but are they specifically going to address it? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you need something like ginger and you need a manual massage to, to, you know, just to get things moving. Maybe you need to space your meals every three to four hours so that you're giving your body time for your digestion to take place and that food to move through and then you're giving it time to just the normal what they call the migrating motor complex which is just like some normal contractions of your 
um, small intestine, just let that happen so that your, your body regains its ability to function normally. You talk a little bit about something called probiotic foods. What are probiotic foods? Probiotic foods are foods that are either naturally fermented or they're cultured, meaning they're added, you're adding certain um, bacteria and yeast to the culture, like in yogurt, to make the yogurt. So they're not, like I was saying earlier about the official definition of probiotics, they're not officially called probiotics. You know, they're not, if you, you talk to researchers, they would tell you, well, that's, that's not a probiotic. You know, that sauerkraut there is not a probiotic, but mm -hmm. odds are pretty, pretty good that there's lactobacillus plantarum on there. And there are numerous strains of plantarum that are probiotics. They've been isolated, they've been genetically identified, they've been shown to have beneficial properties. So you might not be getting strain you know, X in your sauerkraut, but you might be getting strain Z which maybe Z is not officially sequenced and identified and all that stuff, but it's still a plantarum and it still may have probiotic properties. There's no guarantee, but in general, plantarums are the good guys. Hmm. So, you know, your foods like that are going to have some kind of helpful microbes. And what kind of foods are those? you got your like your sauerkraut, your kimchi, your yogurts, your... Okay, so it's still the pickled. Yep, the pickled, the fermented. Well, pickled though, but not with vinegar. Oh. You know, what you want is you want spontaneously fermented things. So you want to take that cucumber and you want to put it in salt water and submerge it. And if you want, add some spices to it. But that's all you do. You submerge it and you let it sit there for three days, seven days, depending on how big your cucumbers are, mm -hmm. um, until they get to the crispness that you want. Then those, those spontaneously growing microorganisms that were on the pickle will ferment it and, and turn it into a pickle. If you're adding vinegar, you're you're killing the whole process. To create a probiotic food, like you mentioned, you're just putting salt and grated cabbage and closing the lid and letting nature do its job. Absolutely. Yep. And if you're, you know, some people are very nervous about doing that because we've all, or a lot of us have grown up hearing that, oh, there's germs, you know, and germs are so bad. You can't have germs. Well, if you're worried about it, you can buy starter packets, you know, little powdered packets um, that you can sprinkle some in there, or you can open a probiotic capsule, um, depending on what kind of capsule, you know, oh, the, the cool. organisms yeah. may or may not survive. But if you have a probiotic capsule and it has some, say, lactobacillus plantarum in it, and you put that capsule in there, the plantarum is going to help. Wow. So you literally can open up a probiotic and pop it on sour on cabbage and that might accelerate the process yeah it might it might accelerate the process and it might tip it more towards 
the right have, yeah having yeah the right kinds so i'll share something interesting that i've been doing which is um I, you know yogurt's a big deal i love yogurt but dairy's off the chart off my list and so i was trying to figure out how can i make it myself and i read some um, internet blogs around some people testing and, you know, making it at home with exactly what you said with popping open a capsule. And of course I have like 10 different bottles of probiotics in my fridge. <laughs> so, and, and we should talk about that next sort of what probiotic do you take and what do you recommend? But yeah, I love garden of life and a whole bunch of others and Zena juice. So, so I thought, what if I make my, and I make my own almond milk. So I actually went ahead and made my almond milk and opened up two capsules of, um, uh, probiotic and just gently blended it in the milk and put it in the oven with the light on. And sure enough, in the morning, I had a version of yogurt. You know, I wouldn't compare it to the commercial yogurt we get out of, out of a jar in the, you know, in right. the dairy department. It's different, but it's yogurt. It's actually yogurt. I was just blown away and I kept it another day and it actually got tangy and sour and so I've been doing that off and on, sort of making my own yogurt. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that, that's great. I mean, that's like genius because you, like I said, you can buy starter cultures that have um, the kind of microbes that are meant to grow in under certain conditions. Um, mm -hmm. Like one of the things, there's a, there's a myth out there that, oh, well, you take, if you want to know if your probiotic is any good, you your probiotic supplement, you open it up into milk and you let it sit overnight and you see what happens. Yes. Is that true? Is that no. a myth? No, that's a myth. Because not, I believe know, that. Milk has, the, 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 the main sugar is lactose. Mm -hmm. Well, each of these microbes has their preferred sugar, their preferred fuels, you know, carbohydrates, whatever that they, they use. And so not every microbe can grow well in milk. Oh, very interesting. I and, Yeah, and so, it, and then if you take, say you take a packet of the starter culture for microbes that are meant to grow in milk, uh -huh. and you try putting them in, say, coconut water. Mm -hmm. Normally, if you, to make coconut water kefir, okay? Normally, if you have, I don't know if you've ever made regular kefir, but you have these grains. How do you they, make Okay, you, you start with just milk, raw, pasteurized, whatever you want to do. And you add these grains. They're called grains. They look like little pieces of cauliflower. And what they are is they're actually, they're kind of like the kombucha scoby. They're the symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. Mm -hmm. So they're just these little gooey globs. And you put them in the milk and you let it sit there. And in the next day, you'll have kefir. And then you strain the grains out and you put them in another quart of milk and you, and you just keep doing this. These grains can be used over and over and over because they are well suited to grow in the milk hmm. and they'll actually increase in size. So your little, you know, your little starter culture that was just a few grains in the beginning soon is this massive blob of grains and you can give them to friends and, you know, everybody's happy. But if you take those same grains and you try to put them in coconut water to make coconut water kefir they're not going to survive as well so over time you may get away with doing that for 
several rounds, you know, taking the grains, putting it in new coconut water. But over time, they're not going to grow and you're going to have to replace them. So microbes have, they have their own environments that they like and their own preferred fuels. And, you know, you can't always generalize. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other myths? Talking about myths. Okay, uh, myths. Um, some, oh, some marketers will tell you our, our probiotics are from humans. They're human origin, therefore they are superior to all other probiotics. Well, that's a myth because, as I mentioned earlier, probiotics have been isolated from and you know, genetically identified and characterized. They've been isolated from human breast milk, human feces, animal feces, um, fermented foods, cultured foods and drinks, the environment, um, off the surface of raw vegetables, and they all have shown benefits. So while human sourced ones may be the kind that will go in and colonize you, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean the rest are garbage. Those other ones, like for instance, Saccharomyces boulardii, that one doesn't colonize you, but it goes through. It's found, I think it was isolated on the, on the skins of mangosteen or something way back when. That, that yeast is a probiotic, and it is amazing, but it's not from a human. So that's a big myth. They don't have to be human sourced. The other myth is they don't have to colonize. Like I just said, the Saccharomyces boulardii does not colonize people, um, at least not in the way that we think of colonizing, you know, is like finding their niche in there and living happily with the others. If you stop taking Saccharomyces boulardii, eventually your body will eliminate it. It just doesn't stick forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some do stick forever. And so which are those? A lot of those are the ones that you would get at birth. So they're going to be the, the um, bifidobacterium, um, the longum species, uh, yeah, the longum species in particular. Um, the bifidum in particular. Okay. But, but when you, I'll have to go back and listen to the interview you did on the, the microbiome. I listened to a few of your interviews, but I didn't, I didn't catch that one. But, um, you know, we, we, we get so many different microbes from so many different places. Everything we eat, we touch, you know, we drink, um, we take medicines, we're, we're constantly getting things into our digestive tracts. And so over time, it's not just um, the probiotics living there. There's this whole community of organisms living there. Mm -hmm. So which ones are going to colonize you and, you know, find their niche to where they're happy? Um, it's, you know, you don't know. You don't know for sure. Got it. Got what other myths? Um, oh, I think a big one, another big one is that um, not every probiotic does everything. You know, people people hear, oh, probiotics are good for oh, let's say bloating again. Mm -hmm. So 
they go, okay, I'm going to my store and I'm going to buy my favorite store. I'm going to buy a probiotic. And they look at this, they're overwhelmed. There are just so many supplements on that, on those shelves. And they say, well, wow, these things are kind of expensive. I think I'll buy uh, the cheapest one. And that should help with my bloating. And they take it. And maybe it was one of the strains that's more meant for like cholesterol reduction. Maybe it's, you know, one that's actually been studied for that. And they take this strain and they're going, well, this doesn't help my bloating. This is useless. Probiotics don't work. Not every probiotic is going to do every job in the body. Just like, you know, I can't do every job you do, Rena. Mm-hmm. And you can't do the things I do. Our jobs are okay. different. Uh-huh. Um, just because of the places that we are and the, and the circumstances that we're under, our jobs are different. And so we can't all be expected to do the same thing. And neither can the probiotics. Where have you seen probiotics make the most difference? In what illnesses or what health conditions have you seen either resolved completely or improved dramatically just from use of probiotics? With no other changes? Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. Probably, I want to say the, well, I'll say like the female um, vaginal and urinary tract. Um, yeah. yeah, because they don't stay in your gut. You know, they can influence other aspects of the body. When you look at, um, let's just say, bacterial vaginosis, which is an overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria in the vagina. Most, the the typical treatment is antibiotics. Mm -hmm. The failure rate is incredibly high. The relapse rate, meaning you get it again and again and again, is incredibly high. But there are are some two strains of probiotics that have been shown over time. We're not talking 100% of people experience 100% cure rate. You know, they're not curing anything but they've, they've been shown to be effective in changing that vaginal environment to where the pathogens can't keep growing and can't keep exerting their dominance. So that's, that's one that comes to mind. I mean, I, when I think of all the research out there, it's like, um, there, there's just a lot of conditions to where they can be they can be helpful. They can be helpful for, um, you know, depression, the brain things, mm. migraines. Um, yeah, it's, it's well, just, migraines. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Do you believe that there's a connection between migraines and uh, gut dysbiosis? I do. I think the, the research is kind of in its infancy with that, but because you're, 
um, if you have a gut that is tipped in favor of the pathogens and there are all these nasty chemicals and all this putrefaction going on in your gut mm -hmm. and all those nasty molecules are getting into your bloodstream and they're influencing all parts of your body. Mm -hmm. um, there's been research showing that probiotics can influence migraines and it's, it, you know, it's probably um, in a variety of ways. You know, it's not only just the probiotics are beating down the pathogens to, so that they're not reducing, releasing these molecules going into the brain, but the probiotics are also helping your liver function better. You know, because they're they're helping the they're helping keep down these toxic molecules from the pathogens that also hurt your liver. Biotics are helping there. You know, just the the nerve you have the vagal nerve that goes from your you know your brain down and and it innervates a lot of your abdominal organs. Mm -hmm. There's communication between that brain between your gut and your brain in your head, mm -hmm. and most of that communication is from the gut to the brain. It's not the other way around. And so, yeah, the gut has a big influence on things. And, um, you know, and, and migraines may be one of those things like IBS where there are a lot of causes and certain things like some people, some people just need to supplement with magnesium and their migraines go away. Oh, really? Yeah. It's just because they're not... Magnesium is needed for so many, um, so many operations in the body that if you're low in it, you know, that could be triggering migraines. But if you take some magnesium, and especially the kind, there's a kind called threonate that gets into the brain, you might not have migraines anymore. You might not have as many muscle aches, you know? So migraines probably have a lot of different causes and I think probiotics can help address several of those causes, whether it can address every cause, probably not. Very interesting. This has been fascinating. So to wrap up, I'd love to hear from you, what probiotics do you take, Joe? And what do you recommend, for example, Zena juice, which is a fresh vegetable juice-based alive probiotic as it's promoted, versus the capsules in the regular aisle versus the capsules in the coconut kefir probiotics in the refrigerator section. What do you recommend and what frequency? Well, first, I'm not gonna tell you what I do because the danger in that I found is when I tell people what I do, then everybody says, oh, well, that's what she does. That's what I'm gonna do. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm unique just like everyone else is unique. So. We all have to find what works for us. But that being said, I recommend all of them. You know, I recommend that people just start making probiotics a part of their day. Mm -hmm. Just something that you do. You know, if you get up and you have to take a thyroid pill, then get up and when you eat your breakfast, start taking a probiotic. Just make it part of your day. When you're having, you know, you go to meet a friend for coffee or tea or something if they've got a kombucha there or they've got a coconut kefir in the refrigerated section try it mm -hmm. you know when you're making your your meals at home if you're making 
something like um, well, like a salad. Say you're having a, just a beautiful tossed salad with all these lovely greens and all these vegetables in it. Then you take a little spoonful of sauerkraut or kimchi and just sprinkle it on top and you find you don't even need salad dressing. That provides the tang and the little bit of salt that just makes, brings life to the salad. You know, so incorporating, it's mm -hmm. like anything, you make it a habit. It, you make it a good habit and um, make them part of your day to where it's just what you do. And over time, you'll be able to reap the benefits. That sounds fantastic. As we wrap up, are there any other tips or recommendations? I would say try to be armed with at least a little bit of knowledge. I mean, my, as I mentioned, my, my sole purpose in starting the Power of Probiotics site and then writing the books that I've written has been that there, there's not enough information out there. Most of the information on probiotics comes from the marketers selling them. And they come up with these really fancy and, fancy and intriguing names like, you know, Bifidus regularis and Bifantis. And you think, oh, wow, this, is, this has got to be good because it sounds so special. But, you know, you just do... You don't have to research. I mean, I'm sitting there reading through all the PubMed studies in detail, trying to figure out, okay, what exactly were they research, you know, trying to achieve in this study? What did they do? How did they do it? What was the outcome? You don't have to go to that depth, but you just become familiar with the, the basics of it. Um, especially my books, how, my book, How to Use Them to Your Advantage, will walk people through what they are, where they live, how they work, what hurts them, what helps them, you know, what to do. And when you get knowledge, that's powerful. So you're not just, you're not just spending money, you know, right and left and not having no, any clue what you're doing. I mean, I did that in the beginning before I started learning about this stuff. But um, just arm yourself with a little bit of knowledge. You know, my, my newsletter, my site, um, social media posts, I'm just trying to get the word out there about really what's, what's truly going on with probiotics and not giving people the hype. Absolutely. Joe, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. We are going to go ahead and put links to your website as well as to your books. Thank you again. Oh, thank you, Rena. It's been, it really has been a pleasure. And for the rest of you, Stay smiling, get some probiotics in you, and we'll catch you on another episode soon. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.